Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, week six brought us Tennessee turning heads in an emphatic win in Death Valley, and Britton got his hopes up on winning a $1,400 bet, uh, $1,400 on a $50 bet, and UCLA mauls Utah and sends them back to the mountains with an L. And the Bears, and moving over to the NFL, made an 18-point comeback until they didn't. And the NFL game in London was a giant surprise. This and much more today on Rising to the Occasion. Welcome back, everybody, to Rising to the Occasion. Uh, I'm your host, Josh, and I'm going to bring in my brother, uh, also my co-host and former Rams wide receiver, Britton Mahler. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm good. I'm sorry. I'm still dancing. I like our theme song there. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing well, man. Uh, pretty uh, productive day at work and home, finally. Watched a little call, uh, NFL tonight here in a couple hours and looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, we've got the uh, Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs going against the Raiders, uh, so that's going to be a pretty, pretty good game. Uh, you know, going into this game, I'm thinking, you know, it's just, it's kind of weird seeing certain teams show up on the Monday night slate for any of these primetime games. I feel like the Broncos have had way too many primetime uh, showouts. Uh, Russell Wilson disappointing me big time in <laughs> everything, uh, uh, you know, in in fantasy football. If he would just put up a touchdown most weeks. I could feel or comfortable. If you could just put him in when you go against me that week, that'd be awesome. <laughs> you freaking yeah. had him on your bench that week. You you should have thought ahead of time, though, like, hey, Tua's going to be in after just now getting rocked against the Bills. I probably shouldn't keep him in, but, <laughs> you know, it's... Well, it was... I, I trusted the doctors just like Tua did. <laughs> I, I would, I you would think you could, but yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just obvious that you shouldn't have been out there. Uh, and, and I'm glad that that investigation is going on and, uh, something that is brought to light. I think we talked a little bit about this is just how it seems like the concussion protocol is much stricter now, uh, since, since him going through that. So that's at least a bright side we can get from the situation. It sucks that it had to happen to him though. Right. That kind of cursed Oklahoma this week, didn't it? <laughs> it sure did. Like- yeah. Cause <laughs> yeah, without Dylan Gabriel, uh, for anyone who watched, that game, uh, you know, you, you either fell asleep or uh, just because of boredom, or if you're an Oklahoma fan, you may have fallen asleep from uh, drinking yourself to sleep or something, but uh, it was, it was not, not a good game. Uh, and, and it just showed, it just showed that the the coaching staff just seemed like they gave up. Uh, we talked about that. We were like, well, it seems like they gave up whenever it was 14 to zero. No, they gave up when it was zero to zero. 
uh, when when the when the ball was first kicked off, it was just like, well, let's just go ahead and go in there. They, they gave up last week, really, when they prepared for this, and you could tell it's just you're, you're going to put in a wildcat formation, not allow your backup quarterback to throw the ball. It was just it was just horrible, and it seems like this team just keeps on getting worse and worse. Uh, as the weeks go on and just hopefully they can put something together to finish this, this season out, move forward. And I, I still have, I still have faith in Brent Venables bringing in his own guys to be able to do something. Uh, it's just a little bit less faith in him now. I think it's more urgent now uh, than it was right. in the first three weeks. Yeah, I know we probably didn't intend on talking about this game right off, right off the rip, but I don't know, man. It's just, I, I do too. I like what you said there because I feel like there's a lot of people that, Listen, man, I, I've been here, all right? When Frost got hired, I don't know. I've, I've kind of been here, but we're we're slightly different circumstances on that. But we had, we had a ton of hype, ton of hope. You know, we saw what he did at UCF. We had the hope. It was there. It's going to happen. And then something crazy happened that Nebraska had never seen uh, before. All of a sudden, we can't win a game to save our lives. Listen, Brett Venables is not even there yet. Like, this is this is his first year. He doesn't have his recruits fully in. Uh, unfortunately, we said the same thing about you know Scott Frost. So be wary of that. He definitely has to prove himself, you know, in the coming years. But as of right now, it's way too early. You know, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter, uh, pretty much right after even the Kansas game, some people questioning, and then after the TCU game, there was a lot of that, and then obviously this week there was even more. Uh, Venables is not the guy. Venables needs to go somewhere else. Uh, come on, dude. This is uh, this is year one. Not only that, but look at how much talent Oklahoma lost when Lincoln Riley left. Like, let let uh, Venables get his his guys in here uh, and see what they can do. Uh, yeah, definitely been an ugly three weeks for Oklahoma. Um, I think we were talking about this this week, and I don't know that I've ever seen a three and three Oklahoma ever. Yeah, in my yeah. lifetime. Yeah, it's it's been a while, uh, and and not only that, but there's just so much. They broke a lot of records for how bad they were, but we'll get to that one uh, later on. Because I think I think you had them picked uh, for your good, bad, and ugly. But we'll start off with Tennessee. Tennessee, uh, we we were talking about Tennessee in the beginning of the season. You had a little bit of hopes for him, like, hey, I think Josh Heupel's going to do better this year with him. Uh, and when we back to back up to last season, just about everybody was looking at Tennessee and saying. Man, look at this team. Look how Josh Heupel turned this team into, you know, kind of moving, and, and they're they're really doing well. Uh, and so, you know, you you look at at the way that Tennessee looked, and and last year we were like, man, they they look better than what we expected them to do under Josh Heupel first year. And then we move into this year. I was pretty high on Tennessee. That was who I picked uh, to be my my third best in the in the SEC, just because Georgia and Alabama are always going to be up in the top two uh, in, until they prove otherwise. And maybe two. Uh, I, 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 you look at their schedule, you look at Tennessee's schedule, they go against Alabama this week at Tennessee. And then they also go to, uh, to Georgia to play Georgia. So Tennessee is going to iron things out, uh, between those three to, to see who really is the top three, uh, you know, and, and how it would work out is if they lose to Alabama, but beat Georgia, they could still go against Alabama again. Or if they were to beat beat Alabama uh, and lose to Georgia, uh, then then at least they show that hey they they could stick up there and and, and uh, you know fight with these these guys. You know, they they deserve to have their names recognized in the SEC, and it's just exciting to see them. But then we came in to this week and we thought this is this is the real test for for Tennessee. They they played 
kind of a close game against Florida. And they came in. We talked about this too. You know, it's it's going to be a tough game to go into LSU and to beat them in Death Valley. That's going to be a tough game. It doesn't matter that it's a, that it's a, a noon kickoff, an 11 a.m. kickoff. You're going to have to go in there and play tough football. And that's exactly what they did. They didn't even beat them. They slaughtered them. Yeah, it was the, the final score was 40 to 13. I mean, that's just that is un. Uh, you know, just it was not. It was totally unexpected. It was not what we were expecting at all. I think we all picked like maybe single digits, possibly double digits. Um, you know, it was all just just very close predictions, is what we had. And the main reason, if you remember, the main reason I predicted it to be close is I said Tennessee's a much better team, but this is in Death Valley. Yeah. So for you to put up those that that you know margin of victory is is insane. Like that's. That's what really solidifies them in the in the SEC to me as a top contender. They, as of right now, there's no reason to believe that they couldn't be the number one, the number two, even. Well, and, maybe and, maybe they are number three, but who knows? And and I think that they deserve the talk to be. Hey, this team deserves to be talked about in the higher rankings. Uh, this this team deserves to possibly be talked about for playoff uh you know because right now as it stands because they haven't now right now that the rankings don't matter uh and we'll come out with our rankings later on in the week either we'll drop that for thursday episode or maybe just wait and wait off until saturday uh so if you guys if you guys want uh, what you should do is start off your game day the right way because there's only one way to do that that's by going and and on and, and subscribing to us on on youtube and joining in the chat, join us for Rising in the Morning on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. Uh, it's the best way to start off your game day because we're always going to talk about the best matchups. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to drop our, our rankings then probably. But, you know, right now I feel like it's it's just because it's going to iron itself out and it doesn't matter right now, I feel like there's three SEC teams in the top four right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I just I, I feel like with Georgia, they've had their little struggles but they haven't been big enough struggles where you say, I just think that they're, they're a totally different team not to include them in there. Uh, if, if, you want, if you want to be completely honest for me right now, I've got Alabama and then I've got a tie at second place between Georgia and Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, I think for me, Ohio state up at number one, I feel like they've, they've done well. I know they haven't had the tough schedule, but I feel like they've done enough to, to put themselves there. Tennessee has had probably the best, the best schedule to look at and say, and and looking at how they handle their schedule, I think they have the most, uh, you know, the most on their resume to say that they probably deserve the number one spot. But I think just because they're going to iron it out between them and th- them and Alabama this weekend, which is going to be a really fun one to talk about uh, and to watch, but then on later on in the season to go to Georgia, they're going to iron those out. That's why I feel like I keep uh, Tennessee down below them right now. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. But we'll 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 drop our top five rankings again uh, probably this weekend on on Saturday. So make sure to tune in uh, for that. But yeah, I mean it was it was just it was just insane. And uh, you brought it up too, Hooker Hooker for Heisman. I I thought this in the beginning of the season. I thought this guy from the just from the talks because last year I didn't see it as much. Um, but from the talks, I thought, man, this is a guy I want to I want to pay attention to because people are talking about him. Plus, you think about him being coached under Heupel. I mean. He's he he's talked up to be a really good quarterback. Uh, let's see how Tennessee plays out. Maybe he can be you know a, a star player. I wasn't really thinking about him being in a Heisman talk, 
I'm thinking right now, as this, as the season stands right now, he needs to be in the Heisman talk. He definitely needs to go to New York. I think he needs to be up there with C.J. Stroud. And, uh, you know, I, I guess if Bryce Young is still in there, I feel like with him missing a couple games, it might might uh, shake things up in the, the rankings there. But I feel like he needs to be up there in the talk for sure. Oh, for sure, 100%. And I, I was just thinking about this Saturday morning, our live show. I'm actually in the... I'm going to be uh, doing a live show on my way to Michigan in a vehicle in the truck on the way to Michigan. I got a hunting trip coming up this weekend. Are you still there? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, okay. I, I'm not going to miss that. Yeah. Uh, Dad and I are actually going to leave uh, early enough Saturday morning. We got a night game. I think we play at uh, 6 or 6.30 this weekend, Nebraska does. So we're going to actually leave around 6 in the morning or so, get there at noon, scope out some uh, some of our hunting land there, and then uh, – probably head back to the house and, and get a full day of college football and start our hunting Saturday or Sunday morning. We'll see. We'll see how much you're able to, to, to actually tune in and everything, but yeah. Uh, and it, it's, it's just uh, crazy to, to see Tennessee though, and just how, how they handled that game. I think, like we said, Hendon Hooker, when you just look at the paper and you look at the stats, that doesn't say much. We were watching the game a little bit, flipping back and forth to try to see what was going on over there. Uh, especially towards, you know, the end when it seemed like Oklahoma was just, you know, it was, it was way out of hand, but we started off. It was like, man, 13 to zero. Like that's yeah. that was fast first quarter. And then second quarter, they put up another 10 points. And, and this is something we've seen with the Tennessee uh, team as a whole is that their defense has been standing up either just enough or they've been just steady enough. And for the most part, they've been starting off fast. Uh, and that's the main thing that we can see with this Tennessee defense. And it's hard for a Tennessee, uh, for a Tennessee defense to do that with the way that Josh Heupel is going to have that fast up to up pace offense, but he slowed it down just enough. But looking at it on paper, I think with Hendon Hooker though, uh, yeah, you, you you might look at it and say, yeah, but he's only had you know 239 yards and two touchdowns. That's not Heisman talk. That's not a Heisman, uh, you know, kind of performance. But seeing how he performs and seeing how he elevates this team to win 40 to 13, he is a big big reason why they won that big. So uh, to me, that to bring up to to that point, to me, like I think I, I I've come to learn judging a player solely upon stats is not completely accurate. You know what I mean? Like if you if you look at like a lot of guys that have transferred from schools, I uh, look at Adrian Martinez right now over at Kansas State. He put up better numbers here at Nebraska, but he looks way better at Kansas right now and put is not putting up near as good numbers, but his win record is way better. His overall performance, he has zero turnovers on the year. His, you know, he's not, you know, throwing the ball 300 yards a game or, you know, anything, anything crazy like he did in several games in Nebraska, but he's, he's getting wins. It's the way that you play, not necessarily the, you know, the, the stats, the stats don't always show. Like if you look at some of the games uh, we talked about this year, even just in general, some of the games that we've talked about, it's like, yeah, this this doesn't like Michigan, especially. Michigan's played in some of the games. If you kind of like look at the score, it's like, yeah, that wasn't really that impressive of a win. But if you actually watch the game, you realize how how much they dominated the game. Yeah. You know how it's just that's just how it is. I mean, stats are not necessarily all that. And, and Hooker is just one of those quarterbacks that is like you said he's getting this team to believe that they can win. He's, he's definitely a vital part in, in this offense and in this whole team. Yeah. I think both Michigan and Ohio state are like that. When you look at just the paper and you see, I mean, Ohio state, they're putting them numbers 
you know, like they're scoring 77 points against teams that, you know, they should be killing them, but still, you know, they're, they're putting up those big numbers, but even just looking at the paper, you say, yeah, but they're not playing anybody, but you watch how Ohio state's doing a very calm and like the Rutgers for the Rutgers game, for example, they only allowed seven, you know, a, a touchdown because of a stupid, uh, you know, punt return that was fun and you know, muffed and they end up scoring off of that on the very first drive. And then, you know, the Rutgers only put up uh, three points because of a, a you know, an, and and ill advised uh, throw by CJ Stroud, excuse me, and uh, then he ends up, you know, they end up marching it down just enough to get a field goal. So their ten points only came off of turnovers. Other than that, sure. when you when you realize that and look at that, and, and you don't see that on paper, you don't see that from the stats. And I think that's why teams like Ohio State, and Michigan, deserve to be up in that talk, especially top four when we're talking top four, um, just because, like what you said, you know, it's not about all all that's on paper. And same thing for Hen and Hooker. Uh, he just he's played a, a, an amazing uh, game so far uh, this this year, and he's just looks so calm. And the progression that he's made uh, from last year to this year, uh, I heard somebody talking about his progression. Uh, it, it was somebody that I, I saw just a short clip on maybe Twitter or something like that. But you know, and so I I, I saw the clip and I, I was thinking like I, I kind of want to go back and and see. So I was kind of seeing what they were talking about, and it is crazy to see. You know, it seems like last year he was very very uh, kind of jittery on his feet and jumping sure. around. And, he was not and, comfortable. Yeah, and and this year you just see him just sit in the pocket, very calm, collective, and and seeing everything on, on downfield. You see him going through reads. That's and hard. If he wants to take off. That boy will take off. He will. Yeah, and he's he's very good in the run. And I think they've even designed for him to run too. I think he's coming to Nebraska next year. <laughs> you sure hope. <laughs> um, going on, uh, Britain had his hopes up on winning fourteen hundred dollars on a fifty dollar bet. Uh, we we clicked over to the Alabama Texas A and M game. We talked about that Saturday morning. We said, "Man, look at those odds! Like if you if you put a fifty dollar bet, you can win fourteen hundred dollars." So Britain goes ahead and does it. Uh, like I said, we are not responsible for you losing money, um, but you end up you end up putting in a bet, and you you said that you actually put in a different bet than what you thought, didn't you? I did, which actually saved me. So I actually put uh, I, I put in with the over under on I don't remember how what the points were or what the uh, how many points Alabama was favored by, but I actually accidentally put in a bet that I didn't think I was putting in. So I still ended up walking away like $130 up on it, which was not $1,400. But I mean, listen, like Alabama only won by four points. Now Alabama didn't have all their pieces there, but Hey, Texas, uh, Texas tech played a good game. Texas A&M or A&M rather. They, they played yeah. they played a solid game and on all honesty uh there's a lot of speculations uh refs refs may or may not have cost them that game I don't agree so, with that i I see that play and it's not pass interference uh it was just the the receiver stopped where he didn't have to i mean I think he stopped because he was trying to stay in the end zone but i don't I don't think that was pass interference there at the end if that's what you're talking about yeah i I did i I, I thought it was pass interference I watched the uh, yeah. I didn't watch that live, but I, I did see that, and I thought, yeah, that could have been called pretty easy. It could have been, but I wouldn't have agreed with it. I think I would have argued the other way. Like, let's say that Texas A&M does make that catch and they score. I think I would have argued the other way. Like, man, I don't think that's pass interference. Uh, I just I just see it. I think the way that it, it played out, you know, he's the the receiver really ran the, sh- the route too short, and then the pass was also thrown too short. Uh, that's, that's why, you know, I just – I think that uh, – just overall, when you look at that game, I just 
leading up to that point too, it just seemed like Texas A&M only got their points off of kind of crazy, you know, just kind of things that were really mess ups for, for, uh, uh, Alabama, you know, Alabama was kind of, they did, up. but they, but they capitalized mm-hmm. on that, which a lot of teams yeah. can't do or don't do against Alabama. Yeah. They Definitely a uh, disappointment, but I mean, again, hats off to Alabama because that's why they're the best. Because even when you don't have Bryce Young in and, and you, you know, make you, that's, you know, there's not many, many teams that can make as many mistakes as Alabama did in that game and come away with a victory. Yeah. And, and to, to Texas A&M, uh, Haynes King is technically your backup now, but he's not a backup quarterback the same way. He was way a starter at the Jaylen beginning Monroe. of the year. Yeah, he was just, he was your starter. He was your guy that you wanted to ride with throughout the season, and he just couldn't provide what you wanted him to do. Uh, you, I'm, I'm speaking to Jimbo Fisher. He's the one that makes yeah. that decision. But, you know, that's the one that Jimbo wanted to be in there, and he couldn't do it. And so they pulled him out, you know, and so I, I don't want to hear the whole, well, we had a backup too. You didn't, you had the guy that should have been able to be a starter. He, he's, he, he was in that position before. It's not like this yeah, is something new for him. I thought that was kind of a top out statement from him. Um, let's, let's face it. You, you played a good game. You only lost by four to Alabama hats off. You know, you got a whole season to look forward to, uh, but to come out and make excuses right away. Uh, shame on you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, and that's that's Jimbo Fisher too, uh, you know, and just seeing that. But we clicked over when it was 14-14. Uh, and then, of course, just a horrible throw uh, by Haynes King. He just tosses the ball up, and I have no idea why he didn't. It was kind of similar to the, the Quinn Ewers uh, throw away that we saw. And you just, yeah. just got to heave it to the third row, man. Just launch it with all your might. And, and with Quinn Ewers, at least we can say he was on his back foot. Haynes King, it just looked like he just looked right there and just threw it right to the, the defender right before halftime to give Alabama the, the lead at half up 17 to uh, to to 14 at the half. I, I think it was uh, the Texas head coach said that might have been the worst interception I've ever seen after <laughs> the game. I said, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, and he, he even told that to, straight to, to Quinn Ewers. Like, that might have <laughs> been the worst I've ever seen. Um, but, yeah, it was just – Looking at that game, really close, uh, and Alabama should have probably still won that one by much more. Um, so hats off to Texas A&M for staying in the game. Uh, it's just, you know, it, it, because you also came into Alabama to, to do that. So, I mean, I think that's that says something about your team. But now looking over at UCLA, UCLA was another team that we talked about. We saw UCLA and said, hey, you know, this, this team is actually putting something together. You know, their only close game – uh, was against, uh, I believe it was Southern South Alabama, uh, and you know, so mm-hmm. you know they they win by one point. And uh, Blake even brought up on Saturday, you know, that hey, yeah, I know this is just South Alabama; it's a small school, but that's they're actually a very good program, and they've uh, been and, a good program for years. Yeah, and they have been, and and so to look at that, they're one of those really good small programs that could probably, you know, start to move their way up. Uh, you know, they they move their way up into into uh, uh, you know into the FBS. Uh, and, and move, moving their way up, you know, maybe even in, in the future, they could move their way up to, you know, even being as whatever it would be called by then, the, similar to Power Five today. Uh, you know, they're, they're one of those teams that I think could kind of improve and, and keep on improving because they are very good in their conference and in their division and everything. So you look at, at where they're at, they are a good team. So UCLA had one shaky game, and I think you can allow that for just about any team in the nation. We allowed it for Georgia twice against Missouri and Kent State. 
Uh, we, we allow it every year for, for Alabama. And so, you know, Alabama goes on the road and has these close games. We, we allow that. And so I think you have to allow that to UCLA with that one game that they had. Other than that one game, UCLA has looked very good. And we talked about this with the UCLA win against Washington. Washington has looked like a very good, very good uh, team up throughout the season. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. looking like a very good quarterback. UCLA's defense is tough enough and strong enough to stand up and and say, uh, you know, that they they're the more physical uh, side of the ball. You know, they they want to be physical, and so they caused Michael Penix Jr. to have his first two two uh, interceptions on the year, uh, and then they're even even able to get an interception on Cam Rising this past. Uh, Saturday against Utah. So, I mean, it was just a, a very physical team that UCLA is putting together, and it's the first time in a while. Uh, and so just looking at the way UCLA won that game, we that was another one that kind of shocked us. They 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 won by a bigger margin than we expected. First quarter, or really the first half, uh, really kind of pulling out ahead, and, and even by the third quarter, pulling out ahead. But we see them kind of sputter out and slow down in the fourth quarter. That's something before I can really move them up too much in the rankings personally i want to see them close out a game by not letting 14 points in the fourth quarter against utah uh that's something i want to see from them but other than that they, they played a very good game they did and their fans still did not show up yeah very pathetic we talked um, about that. i'm just gonna say it straight up i think they're a good team i think they're they are uh one of the one of the uh, powerhouse teams historically um but you know with them coming to the big 10 here shortly listen Indiana fills their stadium better than that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, it's not going to fly in the Big Ten. Uh, fans need to start coming out and supporting their team. Did we ever get to make fun of, uh, you know, the, the Rutgers? They have sellouts. Yeah, what a joke. You know, the Rutgers have sellouts, and, and UCLA can't even fill up half their stadium. Uh, just, just so you guys know, if you watched any part of the Nebraska Rutgers team, they were bragging about a sellout. And <laughs> right off the rip, we pointed it out like, it's not a sellout. They have like empty stands everywhere. You can see yeah, I just, all the stadium. I just got a, an email. I got offered a job today from work to work for NASA too. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Elon Musk wants to hire me to be the CEO of Tesla. Uh, and You might have had 65 to 70% of your stadium full. And a lot of that was Nebraska fans. So not looking good, Rutgers. Don't call yourself. Don't, don't like, just don't say anything and it's fine. Well, like I nobody cares because you said something about the red and the sands. I was like, well, that could be Rutgers too. I know it's a blackout, but that could be Rutgers. No, I think that really was Nebraska. I think there was probably. Oh yeah, like I was telling dad, like I was telling dad earlier today. I was like, so I was watching, going through like my Snapchat and stuff. I knew twelve people at that game. That's in New Jersey. It went up, and I don't know that many like Nebraska fans from Nebraska, or, or like I don't know any Nebraska fans that live in New Jersey or even close. These are people that I know from Nebraska. Yeah. And I knew 12 of them. I'm like, if I knew 12 of them, something tells me a lot of those fans were Nebraska then. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that was that was crazy. Oh, we got to sell out. Sell out yeah. game. No. Yeah, Rutgers, Rutgers needs to redefine what their sellout is. I think you call it a sellout when you're able to scan in uh, a, a specific percentage of the stadium. I think that's what we need to start calling a sellout, like scanning in the tickets for for a specific number. See, uh, stuff just, like that ruins stuff like that ruins what Nebraska's done for for years. Nebraska and Oklahoma really because we're both so like, up there in the top top 2, you know, with that's the two programs I have the most. Nebraska's ahead by far by anybody. Uh, but Nebraska know, has over 100 more sellouts than anybody in the country. So for yeah. Rutgers to come in and say like oh, we had a sellout game and then and to put that bull crap up there, 
like I'm looking at all these empty seats. Like that's, that's, that's kind of a joke. Like that's a slap in the face to a, to a program. Listen, dude, we've, we've been three and nine, a uh, couple years, four and eight, you know, eight, and we're still selling out. It's like, yeah, don't, don't call it a sellout game. If you're not going to actually sell out the stadium. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, we have to, we have to put something, I think that's what it is, is you just have to, you know, a sellout is not just selling the tickets, but also, uh, you know, scanning in a specific percentage, right. of the tickets, something like that. Uh, I think that needs to be put on because and I don't think it needs to be a hundred percent sold out as far as, yeah. you know, the, the scan. And I don't think it needs to be a hundred percent scan in I think as far as like, you know, like, like an 85, I think is fair. Right. I think that's fair. Cause there's going to be people that you have all had a few, I bought tickets to this game. I've got a funeral coming up that I, I obviously didn't anticipate stuff and happens, there's gonna but be, there's, there's going to be people that say I have a wedding and they're still at the game. So, you know, it, it, there's, there's right. some lose some, you know, um, but three to have 60% and, and call it a solid was bull crap. That, yeah. that really, really touched me. Well, and, and for UCLA, they didn't, they didn't get a sellout whatsoever. They didn't even sell, but maybe possibly half their stadium. I don't even think that much. Maybe. It was extremely empty. I'm, I'm thinking more like a quarter of the stadium because yeah. it was it, just it was so sad. spread out. Uh, it, it looked like the crimson half of the of the Cotton Bowl, uh, yeah. you know, just you know, in fourth in the fourth quarter. Um, but let's go ahead and move on to the good, bad, and the ugly. Um, I'll start off with you, Britton. What's your good? So my good team this week is going to surprise people, but it's Kansas State. They're, or Kansas, rather. The reason Kansas. I say that, even though they lost, was because they played a really, really good game. They did. And they lost their first game of the year well, in a very did. tight game, and Kansas is proving to be a great team in the Big 12. And I have don't think I've seen this since... No, ever in my lifetime. I've seen Kansas State have their years in the Big 12 in my lifetime. But I genuinely can't remember the last time in my lifetime I've seen Kansas be a a competitive team all around. And I said at the beginning, you know, before that game that if they're going to prove to me that they're a good team, I want to see it in this game. I want to see, like, you know, continue it. I don't want to see, like, all of a sudden we get, you know, blown out here. It's like, okay, yeah, you had, you had your run. Cause that's what I thought would happen. I thought they're going to have the run and it was over with. No, they stuck in there till the very end. Kansas is my great of the week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the they are the good. good to great. Yeah. I mean, uh, not, I, I, not good. They're my great. Good they, on them. They, they played an amazing game. Uh, and, and I'll even talk a little bit about that, that game again in a second, but, uh, my good was UCLA. I know we just now talked about them, but just looking at the way UCLA is, like I said, I think they're, the probably the most physical team in the Pac-12 right now, and it's it was unseen. We were talking about UCLA. We were or, uh, sorry, we were talking about USC in the Pac-12. We were talking about uh, you know uh, we we were talking about uh, Utah and Oregon and and those three programs. And then even as the the season started started off, even with UCLA doing what they were doing, we were still talking about Washington instead of UCLA. And now we see UCLA really starting to come up, and uh, we we sure. see the two. The two LA teams, they're both six and zero right now, uh, and and that's that's an amazing thing to see, and it's a really good thing for the big for the Big Ten. Uh, you know, you're a Big Ten fan, being a Nebraska fan, and to see these two teams coming in, how how sweet is that to see these two teams six and zero the year before they jump over to the Big Ten? 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I mean, maybe even cooler if Nebraska was decent, but <laughs> well, it's and, just two more teams we're going to get beat by right now, but we'll see. But it's two more teams to come in and compete. Yeah, in, it, in it is. Ten. It's definitely very good for the Big, big Ten. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, that's a good thing uh, to, to see UCLA. Uh, for the bad, just because we, we've already kind of touched on this, uh, on this game anyways, the bad, I'm just going to say the refs in general. There was a lot of things I could call out uh, even, even throughout several different games, but I want to call out something that I think was, you know, we talked about the Nebraska game. There was pass interference calls that were just ridiculous. Uh, not only that, but there was also a catch where we talked about it. Like maybe they saw this, but it wasn't really, it, it wasn't really like disputable or indisputable evidence to overturn the catch on the field. Uh, and so the refs really screwed it in the, in the can in the Nebraska game, but I'm going to jump over to the Kansas game because the refs, I feel like really ruined that Kansas game because we see, you know, Kansas fight back. Every time that TCU would come down and punch him in the mouth, they turn around and punch back right back. And it came down to the last couple of minutes and Kansas drove down the field and they got themselves into a good position. And they even have a, a pretty good, a pretty good uh, play that gets a few yards. And the guys brought down by the horse collar. It was, it was undeniably a horse collar doesn't get called that's 15 yards that gives them an automatic for first down sure. uh you know because they're just outside the 30 yard line that that, that gives them you know 50 that, that's an automatic first down uh you know so they're they're down there in the attacking zone now so now you give them that that first down now they're really in there they're close to you know inside the red zone now uh and so not only that but after right after the very next play it's a fourth down it's the last play for kansas to make a play in the game to come back and push this thing to, into overtime or if they want to get gutsy go for two and win the game. Uh, regardless, at least tie the game up is what they have a, sh a chance at. And there's a big time pass interference call, or I guess it would be more of a holding call in that scenario, I believe, uh, if I remember correctly, and the refs blow it. Uh, and so my my bad for the week was just the refs because we saw too many things like that. Those are two games just for an example. I know we see this a lot just about every week, but this week it seemed like a really big one just being Kansas and the fact that this could have been their first 6-0 and start and really been an, em an emphatic win for them, a really big-time win. So uh, my bad was the was the refs for this week. So my bad for this week was uh, Iowa's offense. Iowa's offense. <laughs> Just like always. Uh, man, Iowa finds a way to put up six points, uh, staying at deadlock at 6-6 against Illinois, um, and then Illinois is able to, to get another field goal. Uh, to take the win, six to nine. Uh, man, their offense is just terrible. Uh, what makes it even better to me is that it, is that a commentator 
reporter um, had asked uh, Kirk Ferentz about, you know, if things didn't get better, would he ever consider uh, essentially, you know, and he didn't say it as quite as blunt, but he was, he was pretty much saying, would you ever look to, to fire your son and get, get an actual offensive coordinator in here? Uh, and he kind of, he made a comment, Kirk Ferentz said, well, why would I, why would I do that? You know, I don't see anything wrong with our offense. You know, like, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's what's wrong right there that you don't see anything wrong because your offense is terrible, terrible. I had to look it up because we I really didn't watch that game. I just saw the score. I had to look it up to see. I was really hoping it was like three safeties. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, it was two field goals though. So I was I was really hoping it would it would turn around the other way. Uh yeah, I mean Iowa's offense has been bad all all year. Uh what's your ugly? Go ahead. Sorry, dude. Here it is. He uh Oklahoma. I mean Oklahoma just just in general. Uh we talked about this um Pretty much right after Texas scored their first touchdown, they just look like it, not even the players themselves. Like I feel like the coaches themselves even just laid down and just said, "Yeah, we're out of this game. We don't have our starting quarterback. Like we're done." Uh, all of a sudden, they go to this wildcat package. It marched the ball down the field, and it's third and three. And we're gonna get rid of it or scratch it, and then now you get to punt it. It's like wow, it, it just they just fell apart. Uh, the coaching coaching just fell apart. Coaching just the staff did it, and then the players you could tell just kind of started believing it. What you know what the coaches were preaching on the sideline is like, let's just let's try and get this done with to go home. It was just sad. It, it, it sucked to see that because they're just I've never seen that from an Oklahoma game, at least in the last two weeks. You got beat pretty good by Kansas State and TCU, but you didn't lay down. You kept fighting. The the TCU game was definitely a lay down. The Kansas State, not not so much. We even talked about that. I feel like the Kansas State game just seemed like a schematical error. The the coaches were calling just the wrong wrong coverages on defense, the wrong blitz packages on defense, and and you could tell like the the players were still fighting. TCU right. looked like the players laid down and just gave up. Uh, and, and then the same thing with Texas. I think the players and the coaches. And something you're seeing from Oklahoma right now is just that there's not any like hollering and hooping, hooping and hollering, trying to get each other pumped up on the sidelines, you know, and no, nobody stepping in as a leader to to say, hey, put that behind us, guys. Even Brent Venables, you don't see him getting in there. Uh, this is the big criticism I, I do have for him is that you don't see him getting in there and like trying to hype them up during the game. You see him very quiet on the sidelines, almost like he's giving up too. He looked and, defeated. Like, yeah. Early. And and I hope that's not the case, but that that is what it seems like. So I I don't disagree with you, and I'm glad you did. Like I told you, if you didn't pick Oklahoma for the ugly, I was going to. But uh, my ugly, uh, I'm taking Memphis um, because Memphis allows Houston to have a huge comeback. Uh, Memphis was winning 26 to seven with 14:50 left in the game. So you're in the fourth quarter, close this thing out. You're you're up 26 to seven. That, that's a, a big score, big lead when you're talking college football, and you're in the fourth quarter. Just close it out. You know they they can't come back on you. 19 points to win this game, but Jace Rogers houses a hundred yard uh, kick return to the you know to for Houston, uh, and then Memphis comes back with just a field goal. That's that's where you have to come back and hit more than just a field goal. Um, you know, so now with after that field goal, it's 32 to 19 with 404 left in the game uh, and then Houston comes back 
to win it overall, you know, 33 to 20, uh, 33 to 32. Uh, so just giving up four, 14 point lead in, in uh, four, four minutes. Uh, that's just, it's just, you can't do that. You can't do that. Uh, that's, that's a horrible game. It was a horrible game just overall for Memphis. You started off hot. You started off fast. Everyone was flying around the field. You, you did your job. You, you closed out the three quarters. Now come into the fourth quarter and pump your guys up and get out on that field and finish this, this thing off. And they didn't. It's funny that you mentioned that. Cause I almost picked Houston as my uh, good. Oh, really? Yeah. For, for the comeback to, to keep believing. Um, and you know, I, I almost also also picked Nebraska for my good, but I didn't want to be biased, but because Nebraska hasn't won back to back big 10 games and, uh, you know, four years, five years, six years, however freaking long it's been since 2018 years. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like forever, but also to be on the road and come back, uh, this is a Nebraska team that's, that's struggled, um, since Frost has been here with these really close games, they've never found a way to win one. They just yeah. don't. And they finally did. So I didn't want to be biased, but I, I did I almost pick Houston as well. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think I think uh, Houston d- deserves deserves some credit for that too. I don't think it's just that Memphis was that bad. I think Houston did stay in it, um, and then also for Nebraska, I think they do need some recognition. I don't know that they're going to get enough recognition um, other than maybe the Big Ten Network, uh, and we all we all know that there's only like 14 people are watching that on a day to day basis. So, um, you know, let's uh, you know let's let's give credit where credits due. There, I'm gonna I'm like, be right back. I've got a knock on my door, but I'll let you continue. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, just just looking at you know everything that's that's going on uh, in in college football, uh, that's that's all we we're we're going to bring up for today. But go ahead and jump on to the NFL uh, yesterday's site because we're recording this on a Monday. Um, yeah, we're about to have uh, the Chiefs Raiders kick off here soon, so we're going to hurry up and try to wrap this up. Going into the NFL, uh, we see the Chargers Browns. Uh, Chargers come into this game, I would think, to be the favorite still. Uh, you know, and and just looking. I know they've played kind of rough lately, but uh, Jacoby Brissett, I think Jacoby Brissett's still kind of showing himself to be just a backup quarterback. Um, overall, he just he's been closing out in the in the last quarter of these the, you know of these games that they've lost. Uh, so the Browns have three losses, all four of those uh, I believe they haven't they they they've held a a lead in all all three of those games where they've lost. Uh, and so looking at the Browns. The only thing that I can say was good for them was the fact that Nick Chubb is still a monster. Nick Chubb had 17 carries for 134 yards and two touchdowns. He's still doing what he's doing, but you can't lean on just one guy uh, and, and try to have him carry you the rest of the way. You, you've got to get something going. I know you have Jacoby Brissett in there, but that's your guy right now. Uh, roll with him. Uh, we could back up and talk about how the Colts beat the Broncos. That was on Thursday. I guess we should have started off with that one. Again, Russell Wilson... I don't know. I feel like I, I I just cut him today. I cut him from my fantasy team. Uh, I'm tired of I'm tired of believing in him and him not not doing enough. Uh, so uh, there you are. You're back. Yeah, sorry. I had food delivered. It took forever. I thought I'd actually be here before I started the stream. <laughs> um, but so I, I started off talking about NFL. So we've got uh, Chargers barely pull out two by two points against the Browns. The only thing that was going for the Browns is was Nick Chubb. Honestly, the Patriots game to me this year is the only real, real solid one that they've had. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I, you know, just the fact that all three of their games that they've lost, they held a, a lead in the fourth quarter. 
Uh, and I think that's a stat that you have to look at. And you, again, kind of we've we've talked about this with with several. UCLA needs to keep. They've at least kept the lead, but they need to keep on playing and play harder to close the games out. Uh, or we, you know, we look at how Memphis cl- doesn't close out in the fourth quarter. It's the same thing with the Browns. We see this. That's it's a reoccurring theme. If you can't if you can't close out, um, it's it's just not going to end well for you. Um, jumping over, we talked about the game in London. Uh, how that was kind of a giant surprise. I did not think that the giants would beat the Packers. Uh, the giants, they were three and one, uh, coming into this game. And it was kind of a shock. Like, man, the giants are three and one right now. And we watched Daniel Jones and somehow this dude, let's take us back. I think two years to Daniel Jones, nothing but turf in front of him. The end zone is right there. He just has to stay on his feet and he has a touchdown. And instead he trips over his own feet and falls on the ground. This guy is roasting every team in the NFL on his feet. (laughs) That's just insane. He looks like Omar Jackson out there. (laughs) He is. And what's funny is like, it just seems like the giants are like, Hey, we're screwed. We got to get rid of this guy. We're going to try to draft a quarterback. And And so just, you go out there and just, just run the ball. I don't care if you get hurt. Just go out there. And now he's winning. And it's like, well, now do we keep him? Is he actually good? Like, what's going on here? Uh, so, like, it's just crazy to see the Giants uh, winning. Saquon Barkley is a big part of that. Uh, he's, Dude, he's I been feel so bad for Aaron Rodgers, though. Like, how can you not? Yeah. Uh, and, and what's like, what's he sad is that he's, he's playing a very good, very good season, too. He played a very phenomenal game, 222 yards and two touchdowns and no interceptions. He just like, really doesn't have he, – he misses Devontae Adams a lot. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, unfortunately, yeah, like, you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes. It, he's still got Travis Kelsey there, and he's still got a bunch of young young studs there. Uh, I mean – yeah, at least when Tyreek leaves, you know, you still have uh, – I believe they still have Pringle on their on their team, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, do they still have Hardman? Uh, I, I know that they have Juju Smith-Schuster, and like you yeah, said, Kelly, got Juju still. and then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of the backfield. Yeah. So you've got weapons around you at least, yeah. whereas, you know, that Packers just won't do it for, for Aaron Rodgers. And you can tell that he's just – his patience is – it was wearing thin a few years ago. Uh, he decided to stick it out with them, and it's just he, – he, you can kind of see just kind of a sense of like, I'm going to fight until the very end, but I feel like – I'm team. really – I'm going to go ahead and say this because I've, I've considered this in my head. I think what happens – I think he leaves next year and he goes to another team. Maybe. I don't know what his contract was. I don't know how long it was, but I also think he's only got a couple years left in him, so – uh, you know, whatever happens, maybe he maybe he demands a trade too. Uh, yeah, that's, that's I, I could see him leaving. I love the Lions to get him because I think the Lions are starting to put a, a really good team together. I don't they think they got I, rid of the freaking quarterback. I feel like Pittsburgh. I don't know. I I, I don't really know of any other teams. That hey, he Pittsburgh's got him. Pickett now, man. Pickett Pickett was impressive. I know they got blown out, but if you actually watch the game, Pickett looked good. He was comfortable. Uh, he didn't. He didn't look bad. I mean, he he lit it up as far as yardage. He had like three hundred twenty some yards. So, I mean, yeah, he was very calm. He didn't do bad. And you would, the you would going against the Bills and that Bills defense. Oh man, I would be shaking. You've got Von yeah, Miller busting through nonstop, coming in the backfield. Uh, he stood in the pocket, and made good throws, and he now only he missed one on. interception the whole game too. Yeah, and, and yeah, he's he played a phenomenal game. I was very very impressed with him. 
Yeah, uh, the game that I was I was paying pretty close attention to, just watching it uh, quite a bit, just because it's a it's a fun game, and I have Justin Jefferson on my fantasy league. I, I love watching the kid play. He's he's really good, uh, and he broke a record, I believe. I can't remember what the record was. It was uh, most most receptions uh, in in a career up to this point, uh, something like that. But he he was breaking all kinds of records uh, as as far as re- you know early records, you know, just through his second year right now. So I mean, he's just he he is going to be another great if he stays in Minnesota. He's going to be another one of those greats like Randy Moss. Uh, you know, really a long right. list of greats. They they were they have a list of of wide receivers that you can look at in in Minnesota. But that game was just so fun because you see, it looked like the Bears were just going to give up. Uh, they were down twenty one to three uh, just before half, and they fired back and score a quick touchdown. They get the ball back in the second half. They score another quick touchdown, and then I believe they went for two, if I remember right. They go for two and score a two-point conversion. So, like, they're they're in this, you know, like they they're in this game, uh, and and coming down to the wire, I believe, uh, you know, they they just looked like they were they were going to be able to stick it out. But Kirk Cousins keeps on being just good enough to where we can't really make fun of him. Like he is, he? he is the he is the middest quarterback of all time, just like the most like mediocre, but, but like you can't be mad at him because like, he's doing what you need him to do when he's you need him. golf, but he can actually win games. <laughs> I mean, he is, he is the the definition of Kirk cousins. Uh, you know, yeah. that's, it's, I don't know. I, I just, I, I see Kirk cousins. I have him on my fantasy league now because I'm like, and, and you know, what sucks. I took him out because of freaking Russell Wilson. You know, I thought Russell Wilson's going against Indianapolis. I can, I, I he can do that. You know, he can do that. But then I thought, yeah, but Kirk Cousins against the Bears. And then, I, then you know, whenever I put put uh, you know Russell Wilson in, then I have to choose between Kyler Murray against the Eagles or Russell Wilson against or uh, Kirk Cousins against the Bears. And I'm thinking, well, I like Kyler Murray, but not against the Eagles. I like you. I, I, you I thought I was foolish with my Alabama, Texas Tech bet. Texas A&M. You still have- or Texas saying him. I don't know why I keep mixing those. You still have Russell Wilson on your fantasy league. No, I just did, dropped him today. Did you just drop him? Yes, I finally dropped him. And uh, don't, don't, you know what? You're, you know what's going to happen? He's going to light up next week. Watch. Well, I, I, I guess I didn't officially drop him, but I'm dropping him. Like I'm in the it's, process of dropping him. Well, whenever you do, he'll have a good week. Oh, I know he will. Drop him. I know he will. And 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 I, I'm not going to say who I'm picking up instead of him because I don't want it to be to be leaked and somebody get him before the waiver goes through. I'm um, actually getting rid of somebody tonight. Yeah. So I well, you have to wait until tomorrow officially, uh, just because it's just going to come as a waiver right now. But yeah, th- that that game was very fun though because the Bears just showed that they can come back. Um, but they just can't close out close out a game. I'm gonna get my uh, boy Juno back. Going over to the Patriots Lions game. I know you're, you know, I know you support the Lions. Uh, no, nope. but but you know what? It is Zappy Hour in New England. Uh, looking at Zappy play, my goodness, like he is a lot of fun. Billy Zappy is like, or Bailey, Billy. I, I call him Billy for some reason. Bailey Zappy is Billy. like he played really good. Uh, just looking at him in that game. Uh, you you couldn't expect much more out of a you know a quarterback that's just you, you got to come in here and be a backup to a guy that's just good enough to be a backup in the league anyways and so like you're you're already a, a tier down below a backup basically and you're coming in to fill in the game and you lead your team to to a win he was 17 for 21 188 yards a touchdown and an interception 
that's pretty good for a backup quarterback that comes in, you know, midway through the season. Not quite Absolutely. midway. No, that's he he played a, a pretty solid game. Uh, and to help his team win 29 to zero, that's tough to do in the league. Yeah. I don't know. Lions are really weird this year because like this is one of the first years. Well, definitely, definitely the first year since Stafford's been gone or the beginning of the year. I, I'm thinking like if you actually watch their games, like they are starting to put enough pieces together to be a good team. But then they still have a few pieces on the team. They need to be fixed. And what them is a freaking quarterback. DeAndre DeAndre Swift is out, so I'll give that that's, to them. That's been he's, that's he's been rough. Yeah, and, and uh, Williams has been he's he's been playing, but he's he's been playing nicked up. Yeah, and he's so, he's he's been doing pretty good too for. And he's for he's done well. He's I've got him on my fantasy league, but you know, if I don't mind it, like you know what I get it. But if you can keep those two and draft a freaking quarterback. Like I said last year, I wanted CJ Stroud. Like pick yeah. up somebody. Whoever the quarterback is this year, uh Kenny Pickett could have been picked up by by uh the Lions. Listen, the Lions have like one of the top picks in the first round yeah. every freaking year. Because they suck. Yeah, Go Matt, get Matt somebody Crow. this year. Matt Go Crow get a quarterback. There's there's yeah. plenty of guys that, that could have been picked up. There were uh, tons. Over- Jumping over, it, it wasn't an exciting game, um, but one that I want to pull out because uh, the Commanders played uh, against Tennessee. Tennessee just just pulled out and, and won the game, and that's what they've been the doing. The Washington Redskins. They just win, but but the Was- Washington Commies. Uh, the one thing I do want to point out about that that game uh, is just that uh, Brian Robinson came back in after being shot in the leg twice, I believe it was. I think it was only two months ago, three months ago. Uh, I think six weeks, six or nine weeks, uh, something like that. It wasn't long ago. It was just just barely in the offseason, just before preseason or right when preseason started. Uh, and so he, he was shot and, and uh, somebody attempting a carjacking. Uh, and so the fact that he was able to fight back and not only just be OK, you know, it was it was kind of a scary thing. And, uh, you know, I, I listened to a lot of people whenever they were that first hurt, first happened. You know, it's like, hey, you, stuff like this makes us realize or like Miles Garrett, stuff like that. It makes us realize like these are just human beings uh, and it's it's scary to see see them go through something like that. So the fact that he was able to come back and be healed enough to come back into this game, he he ran the ball uh, and, you know, he 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 had a game, you know, he didn't didn't do much, but. Just the fact that he's he's able to be back in the game. He had nine carries too, uh, so you know it was just cool to see him back in. Just a story there, uh, you know, and so just really cool, to, really cool story to see him back out on the field. Yeah, well, it's definitely. Uh, Rams Cowboys. We'll we'll fly through that one real quick. The Rams are just not looking good at all. Their defense looks horrible, and it's crazy because really the shocker. You know, and, and with Von Miller out, that defense is just not the same, and I don't get it. Um, but you know, they and the Cowboys up. look better without Dak. Yeah, yeah, the Cowboys, <laughs> Cooper Rush for MVP, dude. Like, does does Dak come back in and, and earn the the starting position back? At earn this point? or get? I mean, just just based on based on practice alone, does he come back in and? you'd give him the, the starting position back. You know, we, I guess you can, you can say he earns it through practice or He'll get it back. I, I mean, always just, make that mistake. 
Okay, but if you're the coach and you're put in that position, do you put him? Do you do you put him back in, or do you does Dak get decked? Um, how long is Dak out? That's the question. And and how does how does Rush do throughout that entire time? If he continues to do what he's done, that's uh, that's that's a tough one. I mean, right now he's four and zero this this season since taking over as a starter. If he if he continues this. I don't know. I, I think about this like like Nebraska um, when, you know, Tommy Frazier had the blood clot and Brooke Berenger, this is, you know, for national championship. And Brooke Berenger got them to the national championship game. And Tom Osborne still started Brooke over him. Yeah. I, I I get it. It's, it's a coaching thing. I'm not a, I'm not a head coach. That's a tough decision because, you know, Dak's your guy, right? Dak's the dude. But, man, if he gets you, you know, if he continues to get, to get you Ws, as a, as a head coach for me, that makes it hard for me to sit him out and this let Dak go back in. This is different than that scenario, though, because Dak on the season is 0-1 as a starter. And before this, he's known to get you into a position where you, you're looking at the playoffs and then just fall out all of a sudden. You know, so you, you this is a position where Dak hasn't done anything for you. All of a sudden, Cooper Cooper Rush comes in and revives your team. C.D. Lamb is looking like a beast out there because of Cooper Rush. Uh, you know, and then uh, they've got another guy too that uh, if if uh, I can't I can't think of who it is, but they've got another guy that's really stepping up too and filling in, in that role. I just feel like right now, from what I've seen from Cooper Rush, your team is four and zero with him in the game. He stays in until he proves to you that that he doesn't deserve that spot anymore for me sure but uh moving on Bengals game we were watching this uh you know here here last night and uh it was a fun game because you know we're, we're sitting here we were kind of rooting for the Bengals. uh it, it's just fun to see them with their success but it was also nice to see lamar jackson hooking up with with mark andrews uh just the same old but lamar jackson just had a little bit of an off night and a big part of that was just because of henderson henderson uh and uh, Hubbard both coming in, crashing on the outsides and really creating a lot of pressure. That was a really good job yeah. by them. And it just caused even even a couple of throws where Lamar should have been able to connect one of them in the end zone uh, for a really deep, deep throw, just overthrows his guy. Another one wide open on the sideline overthrows his guy. I think those two guys, uh, Henderson and uh, and uh, Hubbard, both putting that pressure throughout the game is really what, what caused him to be off. Um, but right. all, all up through that game, it was just... It was amazing to see how the Bengals were able to come back right before half uh, and and get things get things rolling. They finally moved their offense. They were able to tie it up 10-10. Uh, so, you know, going into halftime and right there at the end, I just feel like it was clock management that lost the game for the Bengals because you can't give the Bengals or you can't give the, the Ravens two minutes on the clock to, to march down and give, just, you know, uh, Justin Tucker a, a chance to put in put in a a field goal. You know, if they touch the 50 yard line, he's good from there. So why do you give them two minutes? And it was just really poor clock clock management. It was, it was definitely bad coaching. Um, listen, I'm always cheering for the Bengals, um, but I don't mind seeing them lose right now. I want the Bengals to, uh, to need a new head coach. Cause I'd like a new head coach. And that's, uh, that's Zach Taylor. <laughs> well, I mean, you look at his record though. I think he's like 36, 34, 35%. Yeah. Uh, win percentage. So I don't know. I don't know if that's the guy I would I would choose when really looking at him. I think maybe this this roster that they've gotten 
uh, together, you know, with, with P Ryan and Mixon in the backfield as a duo, uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd. Uh, now you've got, um, uh, who's, who's the, the guy that they just picked up at, uh, tight end, uh, Hertz Hurst. Uh, they, they've got Hurst now there. I mean, they've, they've got a stacked, stacked offense right now. I think that's really what kind of got them there last year more than maybe, maybe the head coach. Um, but you know, it's, it's a is little Joe different. Burrow, is he going to struggle all year? I don't think he's struggling anymore. Uh, I think he looked really good. He, he struggled in his first two games. He's since looking then, better, I think, since then. I, but I think you're starting to see the the offensive line start to gel a little bit. Uh, yesterday, it wasn't very much, but that was also a big part of just the Ravens' defensive schemes were really throwing off the line. They were bringing rush from the outside. They were bringing rush from the inside. They were mixing it up. They were they would bring uh, you know drop drop their backers into coverage a lot and stuff. So they were they were throwing them off. Um, so I don't think it was necessarily the offensive line doing too bad. It was just the defensive schemes really. And, and I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that he's been like terrible like the first two games, but he he just doesn't quite seem. I don't know if it's the team around him, can, you know, completely or or what it is, but he just doesn't seem like the same Joe Burrow that we saw last year. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't quite seem the same. But I think a lot of that's just uh, the first two games he wasn't he wasn't patient in the pocket and he really couldn't be. Uh, and then you're seeing a couple of times where it's not even necessarily the line. It's that he's trying to be too patient and he sits there for too long instead of just using his legs to get something going. Uh, and so, and not only that, but I think teams have kind of caught on like, Oh, there's this Jamar chase guy. We have to slow him down. Uh, and so I think, I think that teams are kind of exposing that quite a bit. And so he's going to have to start spreading the ball around a lot more. And he's also going to just have to, to trust his line, but then also get the ball out a little faster uh, kind of, you know, in, in those situations where he's holding on to it. For you know, long. I called, I called Joe Burrow the other night and I'd actually asked him if he could, you know, continue throwing it to Jamar Chase cause he's on my fantasy team. And he told you no, because he didn't throw it to him like hardly at all last night. <laughs> yeah. He, he said, Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't realize he was on your fantasy team. I'm just going to continue to screw you over just like everybody else. I'm on your fantasy team. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if, I, I think he does put, I think he does turn around. I think he, he starts to, have a better season here towards the end. I don't think he keeps on sucking. And I think the Bengals start to look a little better towards, towards the close too. And I think they're starting to put it together. The Ravens are a really good team. Oh, they are, definitely. The I think, I think the Bengals lose that game because of four o'clock management, but I also think the Ravens won because they're a good team. Does anybody else want to see the Ravens in the Super Bowl again with Lamar Jackson? I want to see him win uh, a Super Bowl uh, just I because do. I like, I like Lamar Jackson. Uh, and, and I do I did, too. I didn't have a lot of faith in him going into the, into the league. I thought maybe he's he's just showing he's got a lot of athleticism in in college, but is he going to be able to have that much against a higher higher skill level? And first year he showed that he could run a lot, and then he's been working on his passing, and he's been phenomenal passing the ball now, and and he's proven everybody wrong in that regard, and and he's still running the ball very well too. So he may uh, end up being being the MVP this year. He could be. I think right now for me, it's between him and Jalen Hurts. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been a, a really fun, really fun uh, season so far. Really for both leagues, for for college and for NFL. Um, but that's pretty much all we got. Uh, if you've been listening up to this point, we thank you so much for watching. Go ahead and hit subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. If you're check out Mahler Bros. Yeah, go over and check out Mahler Bros. <laughs> check out uh, if you go over to MahlerBros.com 
uh, and uh, sorry, yeah, MahlerBros.com. Use Rising 2 uh, for 10% off. You can always check us out there. That helps us personally, and it also helps us here on the podcast as well. So go over there, check them out. Uh, all kinds of golf apparel, golf polos, T-shirts, hats, uh, mugs, you name it. It's on there. Um, but we thank you so much. If you're watching on YouTube, hit subscribe. Also hit the notification bell so you know when we're going live uh, or just whenever we've uploaded something on YouTube so you can watch it. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, make sure to give us a five-star review. Help us out big time there. And other than that, until next time, thank you guys. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.